0: Hello, welcome to Cowell Fans, a popped-off podcast, the casual fans' home for Overwatch League news. We're coming at you from the First Brand Studio in Tampa, Florida. I'm Allura Moore. I'm Howler. And we are not going to jump right into it today because it's been an off week of Overwatch League, and it's throwing everything off, and we're trying out new things here. You'll notice we're not tethered to... uh, a microphone in front of our face, like we have been. We've we've changed it up a little bit. Freedom of movement. It's a little strange for us.
1: So we're getting used to it. <laughs> we're um, still probably going to be very still. <laughs> for at least one podcast.
0: Our uh, our green screen is down. We did not get time to get it reset up throughout the uh, the uh, construction, if you will, of our studio area. But
1: our table matches the wall, so there's that. Yeah.
0: So it just blends in and just it's invisible. Look at this. Whoa. But it stops here. Okay. That's where it goes. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, so um, the very first thing we're actually going to do is we never have time for our audience to get to know us. So to give you a little bit of a glimpse into what's going on in the Cowl fans' tamponian life, in the interest of that, I'm going to ask Howler a very important question. How was your weekend?
1: Oh, my weekend was Hectic. Oh man. It was my grandfather's 80th birthday. So I had my whole mother's side of the family down for we were probably all together for the first time in we decided at least eight years, if not longer. Wow. That we've all been in the same spot. So it was insane. Like when we were at my grandmother's house, you could barely fit everyone. The dining room was well into the living room and to the wall of the of the living room. It was it was crazy. It honestly feels like it's been three weeks since we recorded this show. <laughs> it's it has been week and fun, and a weekend, but wow, nice. <laughs> it was a weekend. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. That's awesome. How, how was how was your weekend?
0: My weekend was. Probably not as hectic as yours, but you know I work for church, so Sundays are always crazy. Sure. Um, but I tried to spend Saturday chilling
1: as much as was possible. Okay. Were you were you a successful villain?
0: Mm, no, I don't think I was. No. No. We were doing we were doing stuff on Saturday. We went to St. Pete, visited the wife's rents. Um,
1: Typical Saturday. All right.
0: Yeah. We on Monday. For Memorial Day,
1: mm-hmm. we, uh,
0: you know, I had to, I ran a uh, sound for a, uh, a a Memorial Day breakfast event, which was which was swell as always, mm-hmm. and uh, and then afterwards we went back up to the wife's rents and we got to go see the new
1: Aladdin movie. What did you think? Really like it. Is it true? Spoiler alert. Is it true? That right when the credits start to play, the first thing you hear is DJ Khaled. That's true. <laughs> I need to see this movie. <laughs> I need to see this.
0: It's it's very entertaining. Will Smith does a great job at being Will Smith. That's what I heard. I and heard that being the genius.
1: Yeah, I heard that he's actually one of the brighter parts in the movie too. So that's it's very good. Interesting. It's very
0: encouraging. Hmm. It was just. A great weekend. Great weekends all around. We hope that you guys all had great weekends as well. And Nate Nanzer is gone.
1: Wow. All right, let's talk about Overwatch. And, let's yeah. talk about
0: Overwatch. Nate Nanzer, our our fearless leader, the face of the Overwatch League, is left for
1: Fortnite? Daddy went to the gas station and it isn't coming back. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I mean... What, so, what do you think about this? There's a lot of takes you could have. Sure. But all of the takes, it's impossible to know if any of them are really good. Sure. Because we don't know the um, the ins and outs of the league. Like your typical people who think Overwatch League is gonna fail, like Richard Lewis and other journalists, right? They they are in full blown Armageddon mode. Haha, told you so. Sure. Um, and then other people are just like. Eh, you know, he probably didn't really have that much of a role. It seems like he just kind of spoke to investors. They're not recruiting any expansion teams next season, so maybe is isn't that big of a deal. Those are probably the two ends of the spectrum. For me, um, I mean, I don't really know how to feel. I find it worrying. I liked Nate. Right. Um, and it just, if, it feels like, although I didn't feel like Nate needed to stay forever, I feel like we need to at least have... If it was this point of season three, I would have felt less bad. Yes. Um, But the fact that he's jumping ship right before the geolocation, I don't like that we're losing that strong leadership, especially someone who was as adamant on geolocation as him. I don't like losing him right before we're actually going to be pulling that switch.
0: That's fair. That's a very similar feeling to me. I especially going into geolocation, right? So he's been the advocate. He's Mm. been the voice for this. And suddenly we're missing that voice, that advocate here as we go forward into this geolocation, which is what makes this league so spectacular, Mm -hmm. right? Because really... If we're honest with ourselves, a big league doing stuff like this isn't unheard of at this point, realistically. Sure. There are other, uh, you know, league is getting big props for doing it and franchising and doing those kinds of things. Yeah. It's the geolocation and the trying to connect cities to teams that's that's really been the sensitive part. So, here's the guy who's been the face of that this whole time. And now, clearly, he's not been the only person working on it, right? Mm -hmm. He's got 20 teams to look over and oversee He does recruitment and talking to investors. There's no way he's gonna have time to do it all, right? So I Mm -hmm. get that. Um, However, they're definitely gonna be needing to continue to keep their existing investors. Because from what I understand, they didn't all sign three-year contracts at the beginning of the original season. Some of them signed one and two-year contracts Hmm. for investment. I mean, we haven't seen Sour Patch Kids this whole time, right? So they clearly only did a year-long contract for their sponsorship. Um, I don't know how long the Coca-Cola was. I don't know how long State Farm is. All these guys, they need to stay for Season 3, or for the 2020 season, and for the start of Mm city-based events. Um, However, all the other teams do also need to be working harder to recruit their own sponsors, and they've been doing that. So Mm. there's a a little bit of give and take there, and uh, the real question is, was Nate the guy doing that
1: yes like what what was the extent to which nate's role went right deep into the over because right now really any
0: of the relationships that he built are basically needing to be rebuilt so mm-hmm. if for every single one of those sponsorships and investors that their contracts are up if we need to rebuild those relationships it's gonna be harder to resign it yeah. especially with the face the face just stepped down you know like if i'm an investor and i'm looking at this and I'm gonna put, you know, millions or billions of dollars, probably not billions, but millions of dollars into something. I don't wanna put millions of dollars into something that the face of that system just left. Yep. So that's gonna be a tricky situation. You don't like to
1: think that there would be greener pastures when you're trying to set up Overwatch League as the premier esports league. Yes.
0: Now to that end Fortnite has been notoriously bad as an esport. Fortnite yes. has consistently released game-changing patches and updates the day of or before big tournaments yep. and putting them into these tournaments with no time for the new mm-hmm. play- for the pra- players to practice, which that's bad for an esport. Yeah. That's bad for any sport for you to suddenly game-changingly alter how it works the day before. A ba- that'd be like, you know, I mean,
1: like, right before the Grand Finals. Right, be the day before the Grand Finals yeah. we
0: decide to introduce Brig.
1: Or is, it's something worse, because it takes a while to learn Brig. Like, let's say we sure. just, like, do an insane McCree buff like it's on the PTR now, right? But before the GOATS meta, if that just came out, suddenly Double Sniper's gone, and I bet you... Um, McCree either places wi- replaces Widow or Hanzo in that scenario. So, like, um, a major change like that, yeah. Yeah. Or the Junkrat change that brought Junkrat in, the Doomfist change um, when he got really big when yeah. there was that patch. Something like that right before. Right. So was so just... And it's weird to see Nate go to Fortnite of all games because, again, he's been working with Overwatch League, a very team-based game. He's been working with geolocation. And, and franchising. now you take that guy. Yeah, and franchising, you take that guy and bring him into Fortnite. Where that's really just a whole different it is. animal. Like, it's more... This is going to be more akin to your, like, golfs and tennises of the world. It's a lot more about the individual.
0: Now, Fortnite is kind of what's assumed and what's been reported. But technically, he's going to work for Epic Games. So he could realistically be working for something like Rocket League, which does have more team-based orientation and has Mm -hmm. a greater potential for something
1: that's more competitive
0: than Fortnite is. That makes sense. But the reports are all saying that he's going to work with Fortnite. So, I don't... Clearly, it, it seems to me that Epic Games realized... Fortnite and the eSport is not doing great and is getting really bad PR, so we need to bring someone yeah. in to fix it and they were willing to drop whatever kind of money they needed because and, and you know if' you're, even if you're the commissioner, everyone's got their price, so I get mm. it. you know and the, we'll just have to see what happens, but I have a feeling that this is just sort of Fortnite trying to fix their own problems and trying to do it by yep. investing heavily in a face. And I'm not sure if that face is really going to be the right fit. And someone but, with experience. Right.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, hopefully it just works out for everybody, but I, I'll I'll have my eye out to kind of see how this how this goes and yeah. who replaces Nate.
0: For sure. Now, next up on our docket is all the trades, players and moving around in additions to teams. You sent me a heck of a list the other day. Yes.
1: So... Some of them are trades, but then I also went and saw, okay, who finally got their visas approved, who maybe okay. wasn't playing for health reasons and is now seems to be in a healthy enough state where it looks like they're being reintegrated into the roster. But if we go through trades, um, do we want? We wanted to talk about Florida, right?
0: Uh, I mean, I, as far maybe as I'm like, aware, there's nothing that's changed yeah, in it's Florida. Just,
1: so we've, we've talked about fate, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, we've got Byram. I did want to just point out, like, I think Byram's going to be something interesting to watch because I I feel like this is our first real scout. Like, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that Fate would be a good pickup. Sure. Right? Like, that was a pretty easy one. Really good job doing it, organization.
0: Hmm.
1: But maybe not a a great example of your scouting prowess. But we've got Yen, We've got bare hands. Okay. They weren't really too involved in the initial scouting process of this Florida Mayhem team. So I feel like Byram is your first diamond in the rough attempt. Okay. This is a guy who not a lot of people have great opinions on. Some people say he's worse than Hago. Some say he's a bit better. No one's really just like, I haven't heard, this is a straight up outright holy crap pick, right? Right. This is just, we got Byram. So it'll be interesting to see if he, if he does start over Hago, how good is he? So I'm watching that as a test of our scouting. Okay. Um, and then we're still waiting to see. We had the rumor of that Halo report of Kardashian, um, Gargoyle, Gargoyle, and Mjung, mm-hmm. but haven't really heard. No, nothing else has come out about anything that. Anything about it. And so, at, since there's like two weeks, even if something comes out, we're not going to have them for stage three. No. So we should expect we're running with Fate and Byram. Um, should be interesting to see how it plays out. I think Fate's definitely an upgrade above Swan. Byram is who I'm going to have my eyes on. I think it's going to be an interesting test.
0: All right. All right. Um, um, but you've got, uh, I mean, obviously, Valiant, because of that Fate trade. They've got McGravy, yeah. the Fact Fiction, and Shacks on their yep. rosters now.
1: And I think I've talked about this before, but Fact Fiction and Shacks are probably going to be starters. Definitely Fact Fiction, Shacks. I could see starting over KSF. Um, and then... I don't really see McGravy starting over space.
0: Sure. All right. Now you've got a bunch of other people in here. So where do you want to start?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, we could just go in the order that I had them.
0: All right. So Defiant. You've got Defiant. Right.
1: So this is probably the most interesting of everything that happened in the offseason. Right. Because you have the Toronto Defiant, full Korean team, pick up Shark, Sharik, Shark, Sharik, Sharik, and Gods. A, I want to say Latvian player, so European, um, and then a good old USA boy in Gods. Right. So this is very interesting. So now these guys are not ethnically Korean or anything like that, just straight up don't know Korean, Mm. as far as I know. Okay. I've always played, I think Gods has been on mixed rosters, I don't think Shariq ever has been. All right. But lots of the Koreans on this squad have been on mixed teams. Aid, um, Neko, so you have a support line there. Um, Envy was on the Valiant. Yeah, I remember that. So, but he's probably, it seems like he's being replaced by Gods, which is also weird because I felt like probably outside of like, so Neko and Ivy are probably your two best players. And then Envy's definitely that, like, third best player on this team. Sure. Um, with, with some performances where he's going to outperform Neko or um, or Ivy, depending on how they're doing that day. If Ivy's just going to throw his grabs back and spawn or something. Um, <laughs> so this is, like, really, really interesting. And especially since we see the L.A. Valiant and the Florida Mayhem, they, start, they seem to set the tone at the start of this, um, like, midpoint of the season right. that Mixed rosters aren't the way to go. We're going to become more English or more Korean. And then Toronto comes in and is like, what's up, guys? We're going to go mixed. We're going mixed. Um... And this should just be something really interesting to watch. I don't know if you wanted to get into mixed rosters um, yet, or if we want to save it for some, somewhere later honestly, in the show. Honestly, I,
0: I think I've said this before, and I think there's been some other people, personalities around the Overwatch League who have said this as well. Yes. Like I, think mixed ros- yeah, I think mixed rosters are the future of the Overwatch mm-hmm. League. Now, Overwatch in general, really. I mean, all these people are right now with the Contenders teams, they have... They're locked-in players who have to be from their region, and then they've got all the rest of the players that they can add in, right? hmm And so this is going to force some teams like, I don't know, Mayhem Academy into mixed rosters. Yes. Right? And so your path to the Overwatch League, your path to pro right now, regardless of what you think about it, is going to be, unless you're living in Korea for the most part, a mixed roster. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. And so... I think having the league look like that is ultimately going to be the best Mm -hmm. thing for it. So, also, on top of that, being able to mix your roster means you get to pull the best players of all regions. And that's really really what a global league is all about, right? So a global league means you want to pull everybody around the globe Mm -hmm. all the way into your team who are the real best of the best. And that means you need to find ways for them to be able to communicate with one another. You need to find those kinds of standards. And I think as I think, a lot of the communication and the standards of how we mm-hmm. talk to one another in Overwatch, probably not down in silver and bronze where I live, right? But probably in the upper echelons, we're going to start to see that evolve yeah. and have, have consistent things that we say, no matter mm-hmm. what language we speak. And I think that's going to help a ton.
1: Yeah. Um, I feel like mixed rosters are the best way to go, but I feel like it's more of a long-term investment and it's a hefty investment. I feel like that's the most expensive route to go. Uh, not so much maybe for picking up players. Um, I think going all Korean can definitely be tough because I think even in mixed rosters, people are trying to get that cream of the crop Korean talent. So you're definitely fighting with every team for that if you decide to go full Korean. Right. Um, But just investment in infrastructure. It's not easy to run a mixed roster team. There's culture clash for the first off, so you have to have something to kind of um, navigate that. You need to have a translator. Mm -hmm. You need to figure out systems that are going to efficiently get points across so you're not losing practice time compared to teams who aren't, um having to deal with that language barrier right there's there's a lot that goes into this to set up a successful organization not to
0: mention just the general failing of team infrastructures as they stand right yeah. now right the more i hear from coaches and management and other things when i'm watching other content from different 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 places in mm. the overwatch league the more i hear these teams need more yes. more managers more yep. scouts more coaches not less And so, not only are you generally in a system that needs more of that, but then you're adding on a mixed roster. So now you need to add translators and people to deal with culture clash and all kinds of other moving pieces. Mm -hmm. And so, you're right. It's a long-term investment in infrastructure and it's Mm -hmm. definitely the most expensive way right now. But But it's the best in the future. But if you
1: want to, I think, set your organization up for the best success, you need to do it. Um, Like, look at the Florida Mayhem. We tried it. I'm not, it definitely seems like our infrastructure was better this season. Was it fully there? No. I'm going to guess that it probably wasn't. Yeah. Um, despite the fact that we went mixed roster, I don't think we picked up the best pieces. Like, people kind of, like, make fun of the Florida mayhem saying, um, oh, we, you know, we're showing that an all-Korean team doesn't work, right? Like, we don't have the best Korean pieces. True. Um... At the same time, I don't feel like our Western were anywhere near close to the best Western players. As well. So it just seems like there were kind of failings in both regards, and then you have to make the decision, are you going to weather the storm and stay this mixed roster, or are you going to go for the the focus on the short term and say, this is how we can quickly make gains? Because I do think in the short term, it's better to be one language. In the long term, mixed rosters are probably more beneficial. But it's, yeah. it takes time. You I think, have to nurture that system.
0: I think it's going to be 2021 at the earliest when we start to see mixed rosters come out ahead the way we think they will. Well, the Shock are already doing it. Well, the Shock are already doing it. But, but
1: the rest of the league, the is, of the like league is not
0: succeeding yeah. it at it unless they're one or the other. right? Mm-hmm. Because the That's Shock's true. biggest competitor is an all-Korean roster in the Titans. Yep, right? So 2020 is the year of you know, localization and travel. That's going to make it even harder, more stress on your roster. So it's going to make it even harder for those mixed rosters. So I don't think that mixed rosters come out ahead the way we expect them to until at least a year of traveling has already happened. Okay. Right? And then I think you start to see you start to see at that point I expect the veterans in the league really shine because then we've got all the pieces together here who know how to do this, how to do that, how to travel, how to deal with the stress Mm -hmm. and all those kinds of things. And then when those veterans will come together in some of these other high teams, right? Here's a bunch of people who all did the travel thing, who all know how it works, who can all deal with that stress, and who know what it's like to deal with people who speak other languages and who have different cultures than you? Right. You pull those veterans in together, and you wind up with a team that's so used to doing it and treating it like business as usual mm-hmm. that it gives them
1: that edge while they're traveling and while they're dealing with all things. Yep.
0: And I think that's really going to be. But and I think the longer you're on a mixed roster team, just the,
1: yeah, the longer you get used to like being around Koreans or non-Koreans. And so, right. the more, as you said, the more you have these veterans on your team, the, the easier this process is gonna go, because they can get the other guys kinda on board with how it should look.
0: Exactly, so, um, yeah.
1: So, and to keep an eye on this, because I think it's weird, too. Like, Shark's probably an upgrade over, um, gosh, who is their main tank? I wanna say PokePo, but that's Atlanta. Uh, main tank of the Toronto Defiant, whoever it is. Um, <laughs> Sorry, casual uh, fans. <laughs> I, I Toronto is my second favorite team, and I'm just Oof. completely blanking. Um, Rip you. But I, I'm not convinced that God's is a straight up upgrade over Envy. So I feel like you're gaining, you're losing a little bit, and then gaining a little bit, but it's like a net even. Yeah. So it'll it'll be interesting to see how that actually plays out. Um, another interesting pickup. This happened actually technically before. Um, the the stage break okay the the mid season break but isn't they weren't able to get the visas done until recently so it's right. just going to be an option for them London is going to get Quartermaine who is a well respected main support from the Korean scene okay um, when I look at London I think their most upgradable role is um, is the Lucio. Uh, I I said it during the quarterfinal match they had against the Spark. It felt like their biggest weakness and the biggest disparity between London and the Hangzhou Spark was their Lucio play. I felt like IDK just kind of Rolled had over. free reign and just totally destroyed London. Where Absolutely. a good Lucio would not let that happen or would at least be answering in kind. And Nuss didn't either.
0: Right, and Nuss really wasn't setting up the plays like yes. IDK was setting up. He wasn't getting in and being disruptive mm-hmm. like IDK was, and he really didn't stop IDK from doing it so, either.
1: bringing in this main support, if quarter main can be a much better GOAT Lucio, yeah. um, I think that could be a huge upgrade for London. So I'm definitely keeping an eye out on that. Um, For sure. Mix on the list. Soul added highly and illicit. So this is another trade that happened, like or a pickup that happened in stage two, but they both didn't get to the states until this month. Okay. Um. So never had a chance to play in any stage before this. This will be interesting because let's be honest. You tried to make sense of Soul once. Really loved what they were doing. Turns out that wasn't what they were doing. Which is dumb because it was then, working. And then I started Ugh. to really love what Soul was doing. I'm okay. Okay. I'm like, so Soul isn't doing um, this whole one one group for control. The rest do the other map types. They're doing. They're throwing di- different players at different ro- against different teams that they think are going to beat that team. And then the other team can never really prepare properly because you don't know, is it going to be Flutter? Right. Is it going to be Fissure or Marvel? And then right when I started to want to praise what they were doing, they just stuck to this one roster of Marvel, Fitz, and whoever it was. So I just don't understand what the Soul Dynasty is doing at any point. So now you have Illicit and Hylian. Illicit... You would have expected to be your replacement for Fleta, but they're already replacing him with Flitz, so... Fits, so, I, I don't know what's going to go on there, but Haile would be your replacement for Jaehong. He's a flex support. Mm. So are we all of a sudden not going to see Papa Ru Jaehong in in the roster? I, Maybe! Yeah. This is the Seoul Dynasty we're talking about. They say to just replace people willy-nilly, so that... They have more things to play with. I really
0: just don't understand Soul in general, and I really wish they would just decide what they're gonna do.
1: I'd wish they would decide if they were a good team or a trash team. (laughs) I'm like, you're the fourth best team in the league, and uh, you're the tenth best team in the league. And then, oh, you're the fifth again. Yeah, I don't understand. They're just, man.
0: Jichurin's come back for Chengdu.
1: That should be big. They have a main tank who isn't weird. Yeah. They can be normal if they want to be. Will they be? Do they want to be? I don't know. Do you? Do you take the <clears throat> opportunity? You now have someone who's coming into your team and said, "Yes, I am your Reinhardt. Yeah, I can play Winston. I can be your savior. Come into my buying arms." <laughs> um, but will they? Will they actually want to do that? I don't. I don't know. It should be interesting to see how much they integrate him in. Um, right. Maybe on maps where you just know Wrecking Ball isn't, isn't gonna as work. good. Like, I think Blizzard World would be a great map to have G Curran in. Do I know the map pool for Stage 3? No. Nope. But <laughs> if Blizzard World's in, that would be a good map for G Curran. Uh, I, don't, I don't really know right. um, what to think of that. Chengdu's weird as well. Yeah, and I great think... Great analysis on the podcast. Yeah, well, here's the... <laughs> the real thing is...
0: Chengdu's a middle-of-the-pack team. Solid 10. Yes. Right?
1: They're 50 50, I think. Right.
0: They're about, they're, they're.
1: I think they're exactly 50 50. Right. Which match, is. Uh, Win loss.
0: Which is enough to get into play ins and make yeah. something happen. They're alive. Right? So they're not dead they at all. They lose to
1: bad teams, but they beat good teams. They're interesting.
0: Yeah. And. So here's the thing, right? Even though they're middle of the pack, meh team, yeah. technically, they are a fan favorite because of Among, because yeah. of. Than playing the wrecking ball in the weird strat. Yep. So I think I think hard, first off, I think hard committing to something like playing normal.
1: I don't is think they'd want to do that all the time.
0: Right, for yes. sure. I think that would be bad for them. First off, because I don't think the teams that are better than them, I think they would stand less of a chance suddenly against them when they mm. tried to commit to the standard play style right now, versus sticking to the weird stuff. I think they have a chance to beat teams that are lesser than them doing mm. that. Um, and I think, Jiturin, like you were talking about, bring him in on maps where Wrecking Ball's not good, mm-hmm. right? Perfect idea. Brilliant. Really a good, a good plan. But if you don't need him, I think Chengdu would be better off keeping the momentum that mm-hmm. they have with their fans. Yes. And running Among, even if it meant staying middle of the pack versus climbing, and then just trying to make something magic happen at the end.
1: The other thing, too, is they are four months now, basically, behind on getting good at goats. Right. And we've seen goats evolve month to month to month to month. Um, Sometimes week to week. Yeah. So that's a lot of just experience and knowledge that they're going to be behind the mark on. Yeah. Um. So, they, uh, yeah, I would say definitely don't go fully into it, but no. how much you want to integrate it, uh, it's, it'll be something to keep an eye out for. I think for these last few teams, these are all just kind of things to keep in mind. I don't expect them to affect the team too much, but it's good to know that this option was, wasn't there before. It's now here. Will the team utilize it? Right. Um, so, like, Boston with Persia. Right. So this is an interesting one. And I could touch on the Pacific showdown, which I didn't get to watch, but I got to see something interesting. So Persia is one of the few players, I think Bacon Jack is the only other one who comes to mind, who's been taken from the, I want to get this right, the Pacific region. I always mix up Pacific and Oceanic. Oceanic is Australia and New Zealand, I think. Um, And Pacific is like Southeast Asia.
0: There are some Southeast Asia that gets into Oceanic. That's the problem. Because I think some of those little island nations out there Wind up in the.
1: I when I watch contenders, I just watch NA and KR and maybe some EU. But this is like a, a region that a lot of people watch, right? Right. So I mean, this is but typical Boston are picking up people from it. They already have a main support um, from Brazil. Yes. Um, and now they've picked up Persia, who played with Talent Esports in the Pacific region. He is Korean, um, but he played in the Pacific region so probably didn't have as many eyes on him. Sure. Will it play over Aim God? I don't expect that to happen. No, Aim
0: God's really quite good.
1: Yes. But this sets him up to do the classic Boston, we're going to sell our good player and then work up Persia. So it'll be interesting to see it's um Talon Esports, the team that he came from, an interesting thing to note is they did knock a slot for the Gauntlet, the end of the year tournament. Um, for contenders, they beat the, the top Chinese teams. Nice. And secured a slot for the Pacific region at the gauntlet and knocked one away from China. Good. So, so this seems like a pretty good team. So kudos to them because I don't think anybody expected Talon Esports to be able to do that. Clearly Boston saw that this is a team with potential and Persia was a member of that team with potential. So he's now in the United States. They could do something with him. For sure. Let we'll to see if they do. Fuel picked up Trill. Yes. Uh, again, an interesting thing, will it play over OGE? OGE had some... had really, really high highs and really low lows. So it'll be interesting to see what they decide to do with Trill. The
0: Fuel fans will destroy them if they run Trill over OGE. Fuel fans love OGE.
1: He was in the um, the top 10 uniform sellings from that mm. Fanatics put out. OGE yeah. was like sixth or something. Yeah. So, yeah, clearly you are new fan favorite now that they no longer have um, XQC or... Seagull. Seagull or Effect. Right. So it seems like... OGE is really And Tybu doesn't play. So it looks like OGE is right, the new does guy. Mickey. Mickey doesn't play. So OGE seems like their new guy. Yeah. Um, so I would be surprised to see him replace two, but why bring him up to the main roster and not put him on a two way contract? I don't know. That's weird. I don't know. Um, Charge picks up Nero. So um, Charge has had Nero. Okay. But for whatever reason, he couldn't get a. He hasn't been around. Mm. I think he might have had a family emergency or something. Got it. Because he was with the team when I first saw them play in the show match against the Seoul Dynasty. So he's been around. Technically, on the roster, but he hasn't been in L.A.
0: Mm. Um, but
1: he arrived in L.A., I, I want to say, week four of stage two. Oh, my gosh. So, no time to integrate him into the roster. Now they can. I can actually see this hurting the charge, because I think their weak point al- already is trying to side between Kib and Eileen. Right. I think... I think you could play around with that once you're like in a comfortable state, but until you're comfortable, stick to a solid six. Sure. And in my personal opinion, I'd go with Eileen because I think they've had the better the better showings in recent memory with Eileen. Um, stage fair. one, it seemed like Kid was the better choice. Recently, it's been Eileen, and particularly being able to flex on the Doomfist if they're losing the GOATS matchup. He's a nice wild card. Yeah. Um, so that's what I would do. I feel like, you probably wanna want to integrate Nero because I think he's he's another Brig player for them. They In the showdown, they or the show match between Soul Dynasty, they kept Happy Azaria the whole time and then would just rotate Brigitte's. Mm. Um, I don't think you need Nero, but he's there now. Sure. So there's that.
0: And uh, Bishu. Yes, yeah, so... You have listed on the Gladiators, but Bishu then he would be was like, already part of Bishu's the Gladiators. Bishu's been a part
1: of the Gladiators in season right. one, and then he's been there. But he was out for mental health issues, For stage one, state, and then stage two, they literally put him down to a two way contract so he can play with the Gladiators Legion Um, and stay warm. But after this season of contenders ended, they Said, all right, Bishu is like, thank you for, your, for the time, Gladiators Legion. It's been really fun playing with you. And Gladiators is like, okay, now Bishu, you're no longer in the Gladiators Legion. You're going back to just Gladiators. And now they have this stage break to integrate him in. Okay. And if you think about the LA Gladiators, all right, they, they are suffering from Shanghaiism from stage one, in that their tank line is void. Roar and Decay. And their supports are Shaz, Big Goose, and um, not Agilities, Hydration. Sure. Um, so literally their support line is an entirely different speaking, speaks a different language than their entire tank line. Mm, I do remember that. Guess who can bridge this gap? Bishu. Bishu. Yeah. And Bishu has a lot of other, like, qualities that he brings. He, he, he can bridge the culture gap. He is just a positive individual. We've seen in the past in teams like the Dallas Fuel, um, or I, sh- I should really say envious more so, um, when he was bringing just a success positive. with Mickey. Like, the success of having someone positive on your team, Custa, when he went to the LA Valiant, right? Yeah. Like, having these positive figures come to your team just really helped the mental state of that team. So I, yeah. I feel like Bishu and I haven't been that impressed with Void that I feel like he's irreplaceable. I think Bishu could very well be a better diva than Void. Right. Um so I, I think you bring him back in. Um I could totally see a world where that happens. I think that could be a very good change for Gladiators. They seem to be missing a little something. And that could be it. That could that could that could very well be Bishu. I would have said in the the um, preseason, if we had a podcast back then, <laughs> that I think the two most valuable players in the league are Bishu and Ark. They have two very strong, um, like, mental um, going on with them. They're very positive people. Yeah. And they're bilingual. Yep. And they're actually very good in both of their roles. It's true. These are, I, I think, they're the two most valuable players in the league. So I think you integrate Bishu back in. Um, I would love to see that from the Gladiators, but will it happen? I'm not sure, but keep in mind, he for w- he, for whatever reason, he hasn't been available up until this point to the Gladiators to play. Right. Now he is. They might take advantage of it. Keep an eye out for it.
0: It'll be good. So let's talk about the Atlantic showdown real quick, or just the showdowns in general
1: maybe would be better. Yeah, because we didn't get to talk about it last time because we talked about it to nobody because we didn't know that our stream had just broken. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, apologies broke. for that But hey, we're back now And we're talking about it And it's, it works because I don't think either of us Were able to watch The Pacific showdown Because it was at like Three in the morning It was I didn't watch it I had family crap it. going on So it wasn't even like I can watch it afterwards But yeah. The Atlantic A lot more kind Starts about 10 a.m. Eastern I think F- Unfortunately it starts on Friday So I won't watch any of that But I can watch some of Saturday We have a wedding to go to Later that day But um, yeah. we, could, we can watch some of it <laughs> um and then probably well sunday you'll be at work um but maybe some of that as well but this is this is easier times to watch and so these showdowns are cool because one of the big complaints particularly of regions that are outside korea are that there's not enough lands in contenders
0: well even korea hasn't been having any lands recently right yes
1: but i think that's the that was the even the playing field right um Now you have these big lands with different regions being able to meet. Which is great. The top talent from different regions being able to prove that, like, because everyone, like, says, oh, EU's the best. Um, There's, like, that meme account. British Hurricane would win the Overwatch League or whatever, right? Um, Or Eagle Gaming, people like to say as well. That's an old European team. Now we actually get to see, like, okay, is NA better than EU? Is China better than Korea? They're not.
0: Um,
1: (laughs) But... right. It's, this is a cool opportunity to really see that, to put some names to the faces. And these are, like, the these should be the best players and contenders. These, so, so these are
0: the people you are most likely to see yeah, in the league going forward. You get forward. to put
1: faces to the names now. Right. So this is a good opportunity. You know scouts are going to be watching this. The Scouts. <laughs> <laughs> if teams have Boston those. Boston Uprising is going to be watching this? Boston Uprising is going to be watching this and probably like just staring at the Brazilian team. <laughs> so for the Atlantic Showdown, we're going to have one Brazilian team who's made up of some remnants of Brazil Gaming House, mm-hmm. which was always the dominant team in yes. Brazil. Um, recently, they, they lost their organization. They formed some other team. I did some research. Um, that team ended up falling apart some of the teams re- uh, some of the players retired. I would just like to take a moment and have a moment of silence for the retirement of doodoo. <laughs> the best name in overwatch history. He didn't know that his name meant doodoo in English. My number two favorite player. <laughs> I did, I did see an interview in with him, actually. I really liked him. He was actually a really good tracer, so it actually does suck to see him go. Yeah. Um, but there's there's some people to watch out to. Um, Adorato, if you watched the World Cup. i um, Sound-
0: ever- familiar. Whatever
1: stage Brazil played in, I don't remember, but he was the standout member probably this past year of their team. Um, right. He's a flex support, so... Should be interesting to see if Honorado could um, really come back and bring out a performance in what should be a higher level of competition. Because as much as we prop up the World Cup, it's not as high of a level of competition as contenders or the right, Overwatch League. Right, because these above teams that. don't
0: get—they don't get the time to yeah. put their teams together. But like now these we get to see do.
1: here's Honorado in a team that he practices with a lot. They have strategy. How does he perform? So that's someone I have my eye out or, or my, I'm looking at. Um, otherwise, we've got three um, North American teams, and I want to say three European teams as well, but it might just be two. Okay. I know you've got Angry Titans and British Hurricane, and then you've got Envy, you've got um, Philly, um, Fusion University, and then um, the Atlanta Academy team. Right. So, and there's definitely some really good players. If you're a Fusion fan, I would watch Fusion University if you haven't been already, because first of all, they always win, um, unless they play Mayhem Academy, rest in peace. Um, But um, I guarantee you their flex support alarm is going to be replacing Boombox in the 2020 season. This kid is not eligible to play in the Overwatch League. Mm -hmm. He's 17. Um, And he's like 17, he turns 18 near the end of stage four. And that's Mm. like a flower situation from last year. You're just not able to... It's not going to happen. Yeah, you can't sign those players. Um, But I guarantee you he's going to replace Boombox because this guy is like a top five Zen probably. He's really, really good. There's so many good Zens now, so maybe top 10 is more reasonable. But still, a very, very, very good Zenyatta player. Like, I I was watching him play. I watched the contenders' playoffs, and I was just like, oh, this should be a really good fight. The other team has ult advantage, and Alarm gets a pick. And Alarm gets a pick. And Alarm gets a pick. He's a Joe Neck of contenders. Yes, he's really good. So I would keep an eye out for him. Um, But it should just be a a fun competition, and there's no Overwatch League to watch. They're at decent hours. So watch some, um, watch some contenders. Support the T2 scene and uh, yeah, and maybe you'll see some of these guys in the Overwatch League.
0: Yeah, seems reasonable. High expectations for these, these things should be lots of fun.
1: Yeah,
0: and uh, Overwatch League will be back before we know it. And I've been
1: missing it like nine days or something. Yeah, we're almost. Yeah,
0: we're almost there. We're almost there. Eight. Almost there, ladies and it's gentlemen. Wednesday,
1: so eight days. Until it's gonna be great. Thursday. <laughs> I am, I am excited for it to be back. I have actually enjoyed the having this long break has been nice. Um, especially doing content creation and things like that, having an opportunity to just not feel like I need to spend all Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday watching Watching games.
0: and planning and yeah, organizing all of our thoughts. It's been a, it's been a really nice break. Like, yeah. we haven't... And, and maybe, you know, our last show, we got a lot of people watched. People really liked our um, All-Star Game review mm-hmm. for whatever reason. I'm glad you guys liked that. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, but, you know, this show... I mean, it was just a lot more chill. So we got, to, we got to be a little more chill with you guys and have the, yeah. have the you know, the how was your weekend moment. It's literally what I said in my notes was how was your weekend, by the way. <laughs> you know? So uh, it's, it's good to be able to relax to wait. and connect a little more.
1: Almost over.
0: But, yeah, it'll be good when it's back and have, you know. Yeah. Right now, I've you know, Thursday rolls around, and I'm like, oh, what am I going to do tonight? And then my wife and I try to find something to watch.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and we've been finding stuff to watch, but, you know. Nice. So it's been good. Anyways, <laughs> I'm really, really rambly.
1: You're fine. I'm fine. You're good. Thanks. But next week should be fun. Um, I'm sure we're going to preview a lot of the... Um,
0: Big matches we're excited about. Yeah, so
1: we'll start kind of getting back into a normal rhythm.
0: Yep, yeah, figure out what our map pull is going to be, stuff like that. So we'll have all oh, that for you that next week. That should be week. exciting. Ho- hopefully will we have, have all-
1: the map pool next week. Haller will have all that for you that's, next that's week. That's up to the Overwatch League gods. So hopefully hopefully they, they look down oh, upon wait. us. <gasps> like, yeah, who do we talk to now when, when we want to
0: talk to the Overwatch League? It's Oh gosh, I can't remember how to even say the guy's name. It's a really hard name to say.
1: Um, but he's esports char- Jeff. Esports.
0: He's the guy in charge of Blizzard Esports in general. So he's, he heads up the Hearthstone tournaments and the... Formerly heroes of the storm mm. stuff, and and all the, and the StarCraft two stuff. So mm. it, that guy will just be stepping into the Overwatch League. Basically, what Nanzer did was relieve him of having to deal with Overwatch Esports. Gotcha. So now he will be dealing with Overwatch Esports. Okay. So shouldn't be shouldn't be too big of a deal, honestly.
1: Whoever you are, please map pool, please please Please, map pool. Please. Or you
0: know patch
1: cas- information, please. Are we going to be on the PTR patch with the McCrea? Or bots? casters,
0: if you could just leak the map pool, that'd be great. Yeah. All right. Well, we're glad you were with us for this episode of Cowl Fans. Please, if you like this, like it, share it, five-star it, give us a rating. We're available on YouTube, Spotify, Google Play, uh, Apple, iTunes, all the major podcasting platforms. Follow us on social media, at Cowl Fans. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Big thank you to the popped-off guys who helped make all of our graphics and Host our podcast on the podcasting platforms. I'm Alura Moore. I'm Haller. And we will see you next week. Bye bye.